0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. You've been hearing us talk about a new federal bill for an act to protect children born alive. For most people this is common sense, but when we talk about protecting children there is for some a grey area. The very controversial issue is around what happens to babies born alive as a result of late-term abortion terminations. Well, under this new bill, when a child is born alive as a result of an abortion, attending medical practitioners must take action to save the child's life. In 2016 in Victoria, 33 out of the 310 babies aborted after 20 weeks gestation were born alive. Between 2005 and 2015, 204 babies were born alive as a result of abortions in the state of Queensland. Now, Queensland Health's clinical guidelines for abortion say, if during an abortion a live birth occurs, do not provide life-sustaining treatment. Well, it seems that in this day and age, finding a politician who's prepared to stand up for babies at the start of life is becoming a rarity. Well, our special guest today is one of the federal politicians who's unashamedly Christian in his approach to lots of big ethical issues. George Christensen is the member for Dawson, representing the people of the Mackay region in Queensland. He's behind the Born Alive Protection Bill, wanting to enforce life-sustaining treatment for all babies born alive. George Christensen, uh, let me say a special welcome along to 2020.
1: Well, thanks very much, Neil.
0: It's great to be here on your show and on Christian oh, Vision Christian Radio. Well, I'm sure we'll get into all sorts of topics today. The main one we'll want to keep a focus on is this bill that you are uh, looking forward to having prominence in our federal parliament. And uh, just to say, as far as I'm aware, just in this last uh, day or two, the LNP Women's Executive uh, is uh, saying that they're prepared to fight for George Christensen's children born alive bill to be adopted as party policy there's still a way to go here but that's a big endorsement isn't it
1: yeah look uh, and it's great news that the uh, LNP women's branch uh, across the state of Queensland has uh, gotten behind this because uh, you know uh, uh, we often hear it's a women's issue so here's the women in the LNP taking a strong stand on this issue the issue of as you've outlined Babies being born alive as a result of botched abortions and simply left uh, to die, discarded like they are medical waste. And, uh, you know, that, that, that is a great tragedy for the nation. But what I'm finding is that uh, throughout the LNP branches, party units, uh, including the LNP women, this is getting uh, wide traction, a lot of support, not just in, within the LNP, Great organisations like the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, Family Voice uh, Australia, um, many, many others Cherish Life have gotten behind this bill and are backing it to the hilt.
0: What's the process from here forward? Because your own party hasn't adopted this as part of its platform yet. Uh, This obviously is a good endorsement coming from women within the LNP, but what's the process now? Because... Clearly, uh, listeners to our conversation today would love to see that come to a vote in the Parliament, and even a conscience vote uh, as a possibility, because that would be the likely way forward. But what's your thought on the process here?
1: It'll be very interesting with the state convention of the Liberal National Party that's happening this month, because the matter will be raised there, I have no doubt, unless, of course, the bigwigs in the party decide to try and leave it off the agenda, which uh, can happen with some of this controversial stuff. But... Uh, uh, I'm hoping that it will um, it will get endorsed. And that'll be a bit of a message to uh, the politicians, you know, that our rank-and-file members actually support uh, this idea, this concept of saving uh, the lives of children who are born alive as a result of botched abortions. But my bill is currently in the parliamentary system. I have, uh, together with the new Deputy Prime Minister, Barnaby Joyce, actually uh, provided a notice of intention to move this bill, uh, the bill will be moved into the Parliament in August. Um, I need to go through some processes before we get to that point, parliamentary processes which uh, take up a lot of time. But once it's in the system, uh, then yes, it needs to be uh, uh, brought on for debate. And what happens, Neil, I don't want to go into the uh, rigours of parliamentary uh, rules because it'll send your listeners to sleep, I have no doubt, Uh The government essentially controls the agenda of the parliament. So uh, there will need to be a breakthrough either by the government accepting this bill or accepting a conscience vote on this bill, or alternatively, me trying to push the bill through by suspending standing orders. Now, I'm open for that. I'm open for that if it's not going to get uh, brought on by the government, because this issue is the most important issue, I think, before this nation. Life matters, life is sacred, and uh, mate, this bill is all about saving lives of our most vulnerable members
0: of the community. George, before August, and as you say, that'll be a critical time, lots of unknown factors in there, but that's the plan, that's the focus, there's a goal, there's a target there for August, this bill being debated in the Parliament. Is there need right now for listeners to a conversation like this to be part of a grassroots movement that really makes their voice heard so far as this bill goes? Absolutely. And look, uh, again,
1: to organisations like the Australian Christian Lobby, Family Voice Australia and Cherish Life, Right to Life Australia, they've all run their own separate campaigns. Some of those are still going. You can jump on websites of the Australian Christian Lobby and Family Voice and actually uh, uh, email directly your MPs or Senators. I also have a website up, au backslash born alive, where people can sign a petition, and I'll be handing those signatures, uh, electronic signatures, to the Health Minister and the Prime Minister and letting the party room, the government party room, know about the strong show of support there has been. So, yes, people can... Uh,
0: Right now, do their own grassroots push to get this issue resolved. (laughs) So, no doubt, uh, that petition that you'll be wanting to present before August rolls around. Uh, There'll be an opportunity right now for listeners to be able to sign that petition. We'll come back to that, and I'll give that address again before the end of our conversation. George, some people will be saying uh, you are focusing in on this issue, and uh, I know that so many of our listeners will actually agree that there is no more important issue. Elevate that issue to the top. Uh, the protection of the vulnerable, the most vulnerable, the unborn. Of course, there's the other end of life as well, which we're concerned about right now. Some people will be saying, uh, well, George, you're being very outspoken right now, but you've determined since offering your uh, resignation from Parliament at the end of a third term here, Mm. that you're not going to hold back and you're going to talk about the issues that are most important for the nation, most important for you. How important is this to take an opportunity at the end of your parliamentary career to be loud and proud on a whole lot of issues like this?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, actually, Neil, you raise a good point. I guess um, I've been a bit convicted of late that... uh, This, in fact, ever since I read uh, the book written by Lyle Shelton, I kid you not, where he raised this issue in it, and something really really pulled at my heart then that I, uh, you know, this issue is the most important issue to me, but what have I done in my parliamentary career about it? So I was determined at that point after reading Lyle Shelton's book that something had to be done, so I started the path of creating this bill, and now we're at this point. So I... You know, uh, I I don't intend to go out with a huge bang or anything like that, but this issue is is just fundamental. Life is fundamental. And if we have one child, you know, one child who just dies that could have survived, you know, dies because it's treated as medical waste, then that is a national tragedy. And if I can do anything to stop it, um, then I must do it. Uh, And even if it's just a fruitless task that this bill's never going to pass Parliament, I need to try. Uh, Otherwise,
0: I'm part of the problem. The idea of if not me, who, if not now, when, uh, you're saying, well, hey, time is running out here on such an important issue – In fact, we're seeing legislation right around the states all over Australia change uh, to be at the disadvantage of the most vulnerable. Uh, Those abortion laws that have been implemented in states all over Australia, uh, they just keep getting worse. People talk about our abortion laws being the worst in the world. Is this the case in your mind?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I am unashamedly pro-life and the laws that have been brought in, and it doesn't matter which state it's in and it doesn't matter what flavour of government it is. Uh, uh, You know, uh, it's happened in New South Wales under a coalition government. It's happened in Queensland under a Labour government. They've been despicable, these laws. Um, You know, abortion right up until birth. The interesting thing is, and and can I just say, the fact that we now uh, allow abortion right up until birth only increases the risk that there are more children that are going to be born alive as a result of botched procedures uh, or botched abortions. I shouldn't call it a procedure. It just sounds so clinical and diminishes what's happening here, the killing of a life. Uh, and so um, these these laws, uh, they are ashamed of these laws now because it does allow abortion right up until birth. The law in Queensland is all you need to do is get two signatures from a doctor and have a reason. And the reason can be social circumstances, which is pretty much anything. You know, I don't want the baby as a social circumstance. So two doctors from the same clinic can sign off on it and uh, the abortion can be done right up until the day of birth. Uh, That is just outrageous. But they try and hide it. They try and say, no, 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 we haven't let that happen. And I get a feeling that the people that are behind these laws, the fact that they sort of lie about what the laws actually do just shows that there's a a deep
0: sense of shame that they actually have about what they've allowed. George, I mentioned in the introduction you're very openly Christian in the way that you lead your own life and uh, people might be thinking that there's all sorts of uh, you know scandals and controversies that have uh, surrounded you in different times as well, but your faith is a primary motivation here, and mm. it is the sort of motivation that comes from connecting with God on a personal level, but then applying some of those ethical understandings that we glean from the Bible and applying those into our day-to-day life. You're doing that, but at the highest level here as a federal representative.
1: Yeah, that's right, and uh, look, you know, it's more... It, it is my faith that, that drives part of it, but it's more than that. Neil, I reflect on my, my mother, for instance. She, um, my, my late mother now, she, uh, uh, when she was born, uh, the doctors uh, delivered her with um, the forceps and there was uh, a problem during the birth. And so she was disabled and uh, she lived a life with a what I think is a very mild form of cerebral palsy with epilepsy as well which was put under control but when she was born the doctors turned to my nana my mother's mother and said to her um, you should give up your child uh, make her a ward of the state because uh, she's probably not going to live past the age of three or four um, and she's going to be very very difficult and my mother lived until she was 64 uh, she became become a wife a mother a grandmother she lived a full life and she uh, I just think to myself sometimes doctors get it wrong, and uh, and my mother is a is a glaring case of that. And so we have a medical system now where it's just so easy to say I'm going to terminate that life without really too much consideration, and it needs to change. And if you know, let's put the issue of abortion to the side. When a baby is out of the womb, there is no argument. There can't be any argument from anyone reasonable who's pro-life or pro-choice that that is an independent human life that should be worth all treatment, medical treatment and support that that child deserves. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical
0: perspective. 2020. On Vision. Our talk back line open, 1 800 316 316. You can also respond to our Facebook question Do you think babies born alive in a late term abortion should be given life sustaining medical care or simply left to die? Facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. Our special guest is George Christensen. He's the member for Dawson representing the people in the Mackay region in Queensland. He's behind this bill the Born Alive Protection Bill, wanting to enforce life-sustaining treatment for all babies born alive. George, let's take a call or two from listeners. First of all, let's hear from Costa in the Wimmera in Victoria. Hello, Costa. Welcome along. Uh,
2: G'day. Sorry, just give me a second. (laughs) I'm in the middle of delivering some... uh,
0: (laughs) You're uh, on the job. (laughs)
2: to a hospital.
0: <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah. good to see you're one of those I essential go. workers in Victoria. Indeed.
2: Yes, I am. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make a couple of points. First one is that once they're born alive, uh, if the um, uh, what's the, word? the justification uh, for abortion runs along the same as the American ones did in, in Australian law, that uh, the woman has a right... <coughs> Uh, Over her own body once a child is born alive. It's no longer part of the woman's body hundred percent or in the woman's body So it really should have the same um, uh, What's with rights and protections as any Australian citizen
1: hundred percent George your thoughts for Costa Uh, at Costa spot-on And in fact under this is how the bill that I'm putting forward is federal uh You know, we've got a constitutional uh, power of external affairs and we've got international treaties we sign up to, including the Covenant and the Rights of a Child, which actually says that a child has certain uh, rights, including the right to life, uh, the right to health care, the right to survivability. And so, um, (laughs) Costa's right. I mean, it's whether you, as I said before, whether you're pro life or pro choice, a child outside of the womb uh, has to be recognized as a human being. That has those inherent rights that we actually sign up to as a nation and yet as you said at the start of the segment now we've got queensland health saying that in the event that a child is born alive as a result of an abortion do not provide life-sustaining treatment that flies in the face of human rights human rights that we sign up to as a nation and the right of that child that costa says quite quite clever quite
0: quite uh, intelligently is a child outside the womb is an absolute human being no question Costa, thank you so much for your call We'll get through as many calls as we can here Talkback line open 1-800-316-316 If you want to have your say today Let's take another call Liz is in Melbourne Hello Liz, welcome Hi, how are you? Very well, Liz, what are your thoughts?
3: Well look, number one I'm, I'm pretty ashamed of my country Well pretty ashamed, I'm very ashamed of my country Have been for a long time any country that kills babies is just. And the second state I wanted to say was, I'm not sure that anybody knows the total of babies that have been aborted. Now, worldwide total as of June was over one billion six hundred million babies. Wow! Now, that's that total just blows me away, mm. right? And the third thing that I wanted to mention was there was a bill for Senator Parliament a long time ago, I think it was the Victorian, I'm not quite sure where, that uh, they wanted to give babies before they were aborted pain relief Mm -hmm. because abortions for babies are painful. And it was knocked down. They would not allow them to have that pain relief so that when they were aborted, they
0: wouldn't feel it. Liz, you make a number of good points there. One more you were going to say?
3: No, that's That's it. I, I find it hard to sleep at night.
0: And not everyone's having the same emotional response that Liz is, but there is a certain sense that if you have an understanding that we're created in the image and likeness of God, it's important to recognize every individual and even the unborn. But George, your thoughts here for Liz?
1: Well, uh, you know, we used to uh, human civilization. I mean, the Aztecs used to uh, sacrifice children to the the sun god. Um, you know, the Canaanites sacrificed the children to Baal, and now we uh, we seem to sacrifice unborn children to the cult of self. Um, and and you know, it is a shame. It, it it I can understand why people like Liz get so emotional. I get very emotional about it now. Uh, it's something that that just shouldn't happen, and I can't understand people who would argue um, for abortion on demand, for abortion up until birth, and would argue against the bill that I'm putting up, which is about a child outside of the womb, but yet we have people who do argue. Um, so uh, that's interesting. One thing about what Liz said about pain relief is that some people who've criticized my bill have said that... Uh, my bill would provide, uh, uh, you know, fruitless medical assistance. For instance, if a child was born without a brain, it would require a doctor to provide life-sustaining treatment, you know, provided oxygen or something like that. Well, I don't know how a child without a brain survives anyway, but uh, uh, it. My bill wouldn't do that. My bill would actually mandate one thing: palliative care, pain relief. So, uh, in the event that a child is born that's not viable, and you know, medically that can be worked out. Uh, then there would not be a requirement to provide life-sustaining treatment, but palliative care would be the least that you would do in that circumstance.
0: Liz in Melbourne, thank you so much for your call. Uh, Taking calls on one 316 316 is one of the issues here, George, just before we take another call. The idea that if any leeway is given that provides any attention and care to a child who's born alive... Uh, even in an abortion that happens uh, so frequently that it's an admission that that baby that's born is in fact a person is in yeah. fact a valuable child and whether it was in the womb or outside of the womb it's a person
1: i think this is the hard question for the pro choice crowd um you know recognizing the fact that uh, what's happened is the destruction of a life uh, in the event that it's been botched and the life is now outside of the womb. It's independent. And so it's hard for them to acknowledge uh, that this is a life because of a decision that someone or someones have made around that, that, the potential future of that life. But look, it should, as soon as that child is out of the womb, if it's a, a survivable child, if it's a viable child, um, it shouldn't be anyone's decision. Not a doctor's, not a mother's, uh, no one's decision that that child should be afforded medical care. If the child is survivable, survivable, if the child's viable as a human being, as an Australian, it must get that
0: medical care. Now, the interesting thing about your bill here is that while pro-life groups have tried being nice, pro-life groups have tried to present a reasonable argument, and we're hearing those reasonable arguments today, listeners calling in with the reasonable arguments, but you're saying now, George, that you think doctors should face fines up to $440,000, forcing the duty to provide medical care.
1: Well, $440,000 probably isn't the value of a life, now, but I had to put a figure on it, um, and that's the best that I could come up with. Uh, we had a look at what other bills, uh, you know, what, what, what penalties are put in for other uh, things of similar nature. And uh, that's what I've I've come up with. And, you know, some people have said, oh, you know, how terrible. You're going to find doctors nearly half a million dollars. As I just said, what's the price of a life? And if the life is, is viable and it's left to die, um, and someone needs to get a penalty.
0: one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 to join in our conversation today. You might have a question, you might have a comment, you might have a critique of the way we're discussing this topic today. Let's take another call. John is in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome.
3: Hi. Um, yeah, I wanted to say, first of all, that um, a baby, when, when it's in the womb or when it's out of the womb, it's always alive, it's always a baby. And second of all, a reason why you um, should receive care for you. this example. Like if somebody in the army, let's say a 21 year old person and uh, they step on a bomb and they'll lose their legs and they lose their arms, but they're still alive and breathing. The hospital people or whoever, they'll do whatever they can to keep that person alive. They're not yeah. going to kill them if they're alive and breathing and want to live. How much more should we take care of a baby that, that was... Try that wasn't that wants to be alive and that doesn't have the choice to try and save itself.
1: Yeah, George. Well, good point. Uh, and I guess one of the criticisms of this bill um, uh, from the pro-choice crowd has been that well, there could be babies born with uh, congenital defects. Another word for congenital defects is disabilities. Uh, Yet we have uh, a system, a health system, a national disability insurance system, which provides all sort of supports with people with disabilities. We don't discard them like they are unwanted uh, people, like they are unwanted members of society. Neither should we discard a child that's born alive as a result of a botched abortion procedure that might have disabilities. Again, they're human
0: beings, should be afforded all-treatment medical care. Thank you so much to John for your insight today. Taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Jim is in Redcliffe in Queensland. Hello, Jim. Welcome. Yes, uh, good morning. Thanks very much, George, for for picking up this. This is fantastic. Thanks,
2: George. George, at a a meeting um, without my local member, LMP member, um, he was saying he supports it but uh, that George would need to do a lot more into the presentation of it to the Parliamentary Committee and also to Parliament. And um, he'd probably need to talk to ones like Amanda Stoker and, and, and the like with the same mindset and, um, you know, to see, you know, with regards to the presentation of it. Yep. Um, I don't know whether
4: this is... You have already done this.
1: And, yeah, um, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you I've, I've taken the bill to the health minister, uh, the prime minister's aware of it, uh, and I've made the chairman of the uh, uh, LNP policy committees aware of it. And it's had a lot of support from colleagues, and I won't name them, they'll have to name themselves publicly, uh, uh, but, but people who've been talking to the prime minister and the health minister about getting behind this bill. But yep, they're absolutely right. There is a lot of work that needs to be done on this, uh, particularly if the bill was ever to be considered a government bill or if the government was to allow it to be uh, uh, put up for a conscience vote in the parliament. So, um, no, that's
0: spot on. George, lots of people trying to get through. Let's continue to take some calls. Uh, let's hear from uh, Franca, who is in Perth, WA. Hello, mm-hmm. Franca. Welcome. Uh, hi. Hi there. What are your thoughts?
4: Good
3: uh, yes, um, well, I, I, I usually, uh, this is my first time to comment on such a controversial issue. Uh, I migrated 25 years ago. This country has changed so much with bills, And I'm I'm so proud of George standing for this righteousness. Because as far as I know, the Christian foundation in any country should not have an abortion anyway.
5: Good thoughts. Abortion
3: itself is abortion itself is really a criminal uh, action. It's 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 uh, murder itself. And uh, to live the life when they survive from abortion and letting them die it's just committing another crime. Mm. That's it, how
0: it's like. One crime do. leads to another. Franka, let's get a response, yes. George. Yeah, look, yes. Franka's spot on. I mean. Um, you know, in a way, um,
1: my, my my bill is deficient, deficient for one thing. Federally, I can't propose a, a bill that actually outlaws abortion altogether. I wish that I could, but we don't have that head of power. So I'm doing what I can. I wish that we wouldn't even have the abortion in the first place Neil, um, so that we don't have children that are born alive as a result of them that are left to die. Um, but, uh, you, you know, Frank is right. I mean, you know, you've got one, Crime Against Humanity, Uh, where where they're trying to terminate a life in the womb that leads, uh, unfortunately, to another crime where uh, they just, through negligence almost, just, uh, well, it's not negligence, it's deliberate. They just leave that child to die if it's born alive um, systematically. I mean, that's what the Queensland Health Policy actually says, that it's to be left without life-saving treatment. Uh, So it's not just even the whim of a doctor,
0: it's the rules that the health system puts upon them. Bizarre. Franca, thank you so much for your contribution today. 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation, let's take a call from Shelby in Queensland. Hello, Shelby.
5: Hello, Neil. Hello, George. Um, Neil and George, both you men, God's faithful soldiers. I tell you what, I've met you, George. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't remember me, but in amongst you were doing a speech up there at the old Parliament House on one of the marches. I've been on several of these marches. Oh, yep. Um, and, um, yeah, I was so... Um, I was so joyed by what you had to say.
2: Thanks, um,
5: and, and it is it is murder. And I can't believe that this law was ever allowed um, by humanity. Um, and I'm just so thankful for men like you, let alone, Neil, to put this on the air, to simply make sure it gets on the air, to simply stand up for unborn, oh, sorry, for, for children. My sister, she couldn't have children, and um, after several years, that they adopted. Now, uh, among my uh, many nephews, young Robbie is one of my favourites, naturally. But after that, she was able to have two of her own. But prior to that, they were several years um, childless. So. <laughs>
0: I can't believe... Shelby, you're making some kind of good world. points here. Uh, one of those that you're making which is very powerful is the idea that there are a lot of uh, wannabe parents who right. can't have children, and uh, I'm sure they cannot see the sense uh, that is in any of the idea of even aborting a baby in the first place, but this takes it another step further, uh, uh, killing child uh, children who are uh, born alive. Uh, anyway, quick thought for Shelby. Yeah, look, we've got uh, laws in place that um, are just all about face. Uh,
1: We want to completely liberalise abortion on demand up until birth. At the same time, we've got laws in place that make it so difficult for uh, uh, people who want to adopt children to adopt them. Couldn't we fix this situation by restricting abortions and actually opening up adoption more so that we have willing parents, loving parents, We want to take on children that perhaps are unwanted by their biological parents. I think that that would be a better solution than actually terminating
0: them or leaving them to die. Thank you so much for your call, Shelby. Let's take some calls. We'll be as quick as we can here. Dylan is in Mackay. Hello, Dylan. Welcome along. Hey. Are you with us, Dylan? Yeah, mate. Yep, yep. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, mate, look. um, Yeah, I'm from Mackay. Look,
3: mate. Big supporter of you, George, and what you're doing, mate. Um, Thanks, Dylan. My thoughts around this, mate, are, you know, we're we're willing to spend billions of dollars sending spacecraft to Mars and to other planets to look for signs of life, which is bacteria. You know that that's what these <laughs> that's what scientists yep. are searching for. You know, but we're not willing to go. Hey, look, you know, there's a living baby. There's cells inside a mother's womb. Um, you know, and and we're not willing to classify that as life. So, you know, that, that's my thoughts, that's my comment um, today. You know, we're willing to go billions of miles away to look for bacteria and call that life. But, you know, something that's alive in a in a mother's womb, we say, you know, that's not alive. Um, so, mate, love what you do. Keep it up, mate. It's um, Yeah.
0: Interesting yeah, stuff there, Dylan. Uh, priorities are the issue. Yeah, yeah. And look, um, you know,
1: <laughs> Dylan makes a good point. I mean, you know... Life on Mars, it's its bacteria and uh, yet apparently it's not a, a life when it's in the womb, it's uh, part of the woman's body and uh, us blokes shouldn't be saying anything about it apparently. But uh, even more than that, a more uh, a pertinent point, if you went and destroyed an egg of some native wildlife here, native bird life... I'm sure that there would be fines aplenty. You might even find a jail sentence if you did it uh, uh, willfully and, and very destructively. Um, but yet, when it comes to a child in the womb, ah, no problems. Uh, in fact, we've got laws that actually completely allow that
0: with uh, doctors signing off on it. In fact, Melissa agrees with that point too. Melissa, who responded to our Facebook question today, says, Yes, babies born alive should receive the same medical treatment as any premature-born child. The hypocrisy is if they were puppies being left to die without care, politicians would stand up for them. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dylan, for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's hear from Steve in Parks in New South Wales. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Uh, G'day,
4: Brother Neil, Brother uh, George. Uh, This is a very difficult and upsetting subject for millions of people probably around the world, not just in Australia. I uh, I never thought it would come to this. I'm only what's called born again. I claim progress. I don't claim perfection. But I remember reading in the scriptures somewhere that two of the greatest commandments, thou shalt not kill. And I think the, the Lord left a commandment to love uh, one another like he loved us. Now, what I'm terrified of is if these defenseless mothers who are emotionally distraught and can't speak up for themselves the child obviously cannot speak up for themselves and thank god for brother neil, you brother neil and brother george for speaking up about this but what is the alternative of the corporate world what are they proposing to use these uh, these precious lives as children for body parts mm-hmm. is that the new agenda of the new world order. We'll put them on the, the market and we'll sell the body parts.
0: Steve, sell you're raising actually a, a very important point here because there may be international stories here where, uh, where we have certainly heard from uh, stories that came out of America, recent controversies where the uh, body parts of uh, children who were uh, you know, aborted fetuses, uh, have been used and sold. Uh, but this is a whole new issue here, and perhaps uh, I'm not sure what evidence there might be to connect the two. But, George, your thoughts for Steve?
1: Oh, look, it's connected by the central fact that we're talking about here, which is abortion. And Steve's right. I mean, we had Planned Parenthood in the US, um, which were accused uh, with some evidence, uh, video footage if I recollect, um, that that they were trading in uh, in babies organs and in baby in, 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 in the uh, organs and body parts and cells of aborted fetuses which um, you know it's just got all sorts of ethical questions uh, to do with it I mean uh, making money out of this really is just despicable
0: Thank you so much to Steve for your insight. Taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Peter on the central coast of New South Wales. Hi, Peter. Yeah, hi. Peter, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I think I just want to give a bit of an alternative perspective. Um, I, I'm, I am a Christian. I agree with um, abortions, you know, not the right thing to do, but um, I became a Christian because I was a part of it I bought child um, and you know I've had people come ringing in saying that people that do that are murderers well by law they're not so you've got to be careful what you say um, and it does give a really judgmental sort of attitude um, towards people that have gone down that road and you know there's, there's a lot of different reasons why they do and um, you know mental health no support a million reasons why people do it. And also, you know, the mothers that do that, once they have an abortion, they become a the victim as well. So I just think some of the rhetoric you've had, I agree with everything you're saying, but um, you've just got to be careful because people that go down that road, not always... Um,
0: There's always an issue of diplomacy and the way we present the sorts of arguments that we have, because uh, I agree with you in that sense, Peter, uh, when you start to use words like murder, uh, and that's what a lot of people will boil down the issue to. Uh, Sometimes that sounds confronting, but at no matter what level you start to talk about the issue, it is a confronting subject. Uh, George, any thoughts here for... uh, For Peter.
1: Yeah, look, Peter's right uh, sometimes that um, uh, when we use language, we can alienate people uh, from this cause. And women, of course, are some of the biggest victims of abortion procedures. They have lifelong emotional and mental trauma as a result of this. Uh, And I just wish, um, Peter, that um, what governments would focus on is the core reasons why people... Uh, want to have abortions and if we knocked some of them out perhaps we wouldn't have as many but instead I think that the easy road is just taken well let's just uh, let it happen open slather uh, with as minimal sort of restrictions on it as possible Uh, and and I just don't think that's the way to go so some of those root causes you're talking about perhaps are the things that we should be focusing on uh, eliminating rather than trying to have uh, abortion being proliferated throughout the community.
0: Peter, thank you so much for a good contribution. Let's take another call. Michael is in Maruya in New South Wales. Hi, Michael, welcome.
4: Hi, Neil. Yes. Michael, I'd what are like your thoughts? To make a few comments. Well, the question is should the baby be left alive? I mean, there's no question to it. Of course, the baby should be kept alive. But, um, and uh, it's just uh, a few. Uh, Anti-abortion films that I'd like to recommend, in case anyone hasn't seen them, very quickly, There's, Michael. Uh, yeah, one particular one is October Baby, which is to do with that—the uh, survival of an abortion. Uh, mm. A few others I can think of is Alison's Choice, Sarah's Choice, and Come What like May. And um, yeah, they're
0: um, films on uh, on abortion. Um, You're making some good points here, Michael, insofar as where do you go to get a deeper appreciation of the issue? And uh, those well-produced resources those films some of them documentaries and some of them dramatized presentations actually do give a real insight into the challenges and the struggles of the whole abortion issue but Michael I want to say thank you so much for your recommendation of those films let's take one more call Diane is in Ulverston in Tasmania hello Diane welcome
3: Oh, well, um, hello to you too. Just a quick query when I listen to everybody that talks about abortion, which is very, very sad. um, I wonder what young guys or the older guys even think when their women decide to have abortion. What if they really want that baby?
0: Mm. You know, you raise an important point here, because what hasn't been raised, and uh, it's not the day for it potentially today, to talk about the idea of coercion, but oftentimes what happens in an abortion is the coercion that comes either from the father or the family of the woman, Uh, and so there are big issues around that, and perhaps that's another big topic to pick up on another day, but uh, Diane's talking here about the the father impact. Your Hmm. thoughts, George? George? Well, look, you know, the
1: coercion that happens uh, for some women to get an abortion is just abominable. And um, in fact, that's one of the things that probably should be a crime is someone trying to coerce, whether it's the the, the family or the the partner trying to coerce a woman into getting an abortion. But, But Diane raises an interesting point here. There's a bit of policy schizophrenia we have in this country. So a father of a child that a woman decides to abort has no rights to intervene in that process, can't can't object, can't stop it, you know, got no rights. And yet, if a woman decides to actually have a baby and the guy doesn't want her to have a baby, that guy's then liable for child support payments until that child is 18. So uh, I don't know, I'm not arguing for blokes not paying child
0: support, but we definitely have policy schizophrenia in this country. Okay, thank you so much, Diane. And look, I want to put a line under those calls now, just a few minutes remaining in our conversation. And I had wanted to get into some other issues around freedom issues. And and if there was some way to connect the two, we might argue that a growing secularism in Australia creates this image of uh, we make our own decisions. We don't rely on the idea that there might be some ethics that come from a higher power, Mm. uh, a transcendent God. If you move away from that, you all of a sudden lower the value of a human life and uh, you create the opportunity to be able to Uh, move into all of these areas whether it's abortion whether it's euthanasia George I wonder if you've got any thoughts here because if we talk about the idea of uh, silencing our critics uh, eventually eliminating our critics or eliminating those that are not important to us and if we decide that those children are not important to us we feel like we can comfortably eliminate them any thoughts here for just the changing attitudes here in Australia
1: look it's the the cult of self I guess and uh Uh, rampant secularism, you could call it that, the view that there's no higher power, that I can do whatever the hell I want, Uh, you know, it's my body, my choice, all of that. But, you know, it's actually um, a bizarre sort of approach because at the same time while it's saying we all should decide for ourselves, anyone that decides something different uh, to this sort of status quo is uh, is cancelled, you know, you can't speak out on these matters. In fact, they have made it law now in many states that within a certain radius of an abortion clinic, you can't protest about it. Um, I I would think even wearing a pro-life T-shirt and praying the rosary or whatever other prayer that you might want to pray if if you're a Christian um, would probably be considered uh, illegal under these laws. So uh, this is um, a real big problem. And I see this more and more in different aspects of of life and particularly with when it comes to freedom for faith that we now have this um, incursion against us this willing this sort of desire to stop us from being public advocates for our faith
0: i know you've got some deep views and uh, it would be good to perhaps explore those on another day because we've run out of time today but the idea of religious freedom is one of the biggest issues that's also on the agenda. Not only this pro-life issue and uh, children born alive, but the freedoms of every Australian that are impacted by the attack that is on religious freedom right now. I know uh, going back to the marriage plebiscite, Mm -hmm. the no vote, uh, you were an abstainer in that. Uh, Mm -hmm. You didn't want same-sex marriage because that was going to lead to mm. uh, issues around religious freedom. And mm. I know you at the time were uh, expecting mm. that there would be some quick legislation. If I just ask you on a, on a final point here, do you know, uh, is there something you can let us in on so far as where this freedom of, uh, uh, this uh, religious freedom legislation is at?
1: Well, three points. Um Uh, Open confession here. Uh, I did the wrong thing. Forgive me, God. I should have voted no on that, but I said to my electorate I wouldn't vote against uh, what they voted for, and so uh, therefore I abstained because my electorate voted in favour of uh, changing the definition of marriage. But we don't have religious freedom in this country anymore. Really, we don't have true religious freedom. Ever since Archbishop Julian Porteus of the Roman Catholic Church down in Tasmania was hauled before an anti-discrimination tribunal for putting out a, a missive to Catholic school students on the Catholic Church's teaching on marriage. He was brought before a jumped up government backed kangaroo court. Now, that's bizarre. But that's the situation. We don't have true religious freedom in this country. So uh, that's why this religious discrimination bill, which is um, you know has languished for a while. It's sitting on the new Attorney-General's desk. Uh, she's indicated that she's going to bring that back before the Parliament. But I've got to tell you, it's going to need rigorous change and no acquiescence to the people who don't want to see religious freedom. Uh, the government pledged to people of faith that they were going to bring in a bill that would
0: ensure that there would be freedom for faith. That is a promise we need to keep now. Okay, time has run out today. Just to draw attention very quickly, you did mention early in our conversation, coming back to the uh, Born Alive Bill, that there is a petition that listeners could sign today Uh, There is a process now, if you're hoping that this bill will be debated in the Australian Parliament in August, uh, there's a process there by which it needs to even be uh, allowed to be debated and brought into the Australian Parliament for consideration. So there is need right now for a grassroots movement to be behind this. And so this petition, you mentioned a website you've got set up specially for this. Yes. Uh, just uh, remind us of that website, George. It's uh,
1: www.georgechristensen.com.au backslash born alive. Uh, my last name uh, is spelt E-N-S-E-N, if people are wondering. Uh, I think you can actually actually just Google the words born alive and it'll come up uh, as the top search. But I know the Australian Christian Lobby are also running a uh, campaign. You can go on their website and see it. And also Family Voice Australia are running a campaign. You can go on their website and also see that. And I'm pretty sure
0: Cherish Life and a lot of the
1: pro-life organisations are running campaigns on it as well.
0: Well, if you're not attached to any of those organisations, a good time to be in contact because there'll be some way that your voice can be heard. Uh, Let me just point to au forward slash born alive. George, thanks so much for joining us today and updating us on where things are at with your bill. Thank you, Neil. Thank you to all your listeners.